Yes, Jesus, I thank you that you are our living hope. And even right now in this moment, for whoever may be tuning in to this today, I'd love to just invite you to pause for a second before we move on. And why don't you just go ahead wherever you are, if it's in a journal or out loud, why don't you begin to thank Jesus for some things? Maybe it's that in this you know, past season that you've actually gotten more alone time with Him. Maybe it's the house you're sitting in right now. Maybe it's the friends that you have. But let's just pause for a second and address our living hope who is Jesus with our gratitude. Jesus, I thank you. I wanna thank you for the gift of your word. I wanna thank you for the gift of community. I wanna thank you, God, that even in the midst of so much chaos that you remain the same. When things are unsteady and unstable and there's so many unanswered questions, Jesus, you stay steadfast and steady. I pray that you would, Holy Spirit, just be pleased to meet with us today. Wherever a student or a leader may be tuning in from, I pray that this would be, would breathe just encouragement into them, breathe hope into them and life. Um, maybe they've been feeling alone. I pray that this today uh, would be a whisper from you. Hey, you are not alone. I've never left you and I never will. We love you, King Jesus, the one who is still seated on the throne. We give you praise and honor and glory. It is in your name, amen. And amen. Well, hey, Fuse family, man, I have, I've personally missed you. I know that, um, thank you, Trey. I know that um, I've missed a lot of things in this, in this season. I miss the movies. Oh my gosh, I miss the movies. I've even gone to the movies and gotten like the really astronomically priced popcorn and an icy just to go home and eat it to pretend like I'm at the movies. But they do give you one that's like this big, which is pretty nice. But I miss like even things that you could just do around humanity. And like Caleb talked about last week, um, that is because we are made to be relational. If you uh, don't have a notebook, go ahead and get one out or get your phone out. And we're gonna take some notes together. Uh, but we mentioned this last week and these are just reality statements that we're coming around in this life together content. But it's this, hey, God is relational. God made me in his image and I was created to need relationships. God's relational. God made me in his image and I was created to need relationships. We need relationships. But I don't know if you hypothetically have any experience with this. Relationships are hard. Friendships are hard. There's drama, you know? She dated the guy that she knew you liked drama and relationships. And you're like, I don't wanna do life together with you anymore. There's fighting inside of families. Like relationships are hard, but we need them. Even if you look out across our world right now, uh, it's like we should probably, it seems like we should all just stop talking to each other because no one can seem to do anything but argue. So what do we do? In a time of, of such chaos of people, we can't really do life together, but even if we're doing it from afar, it's so chaotic. What do we do? Well, we are gonna start by jumping into scripture and we're gonna come around one of my, my favorite uh, passages of scripture today. Uh, and we're gonna, gonna come to Jesus. When we find Jesus, he's my favorite uh, today. Actually, before we get there, we, do, we find him in a garden 
Um, and it's like the last night that he's on earth, okay? It's, it's the, he knows that he's about to be arrested and betrayed and ultimately crucified. And we find him doing something. But before I tell you what that is, I want you to just think in your head, if you knew that it was your last night on earth, And you were like, of all things that I could do, I have one thing left to do. I want to do blank. What would fill that blank? For me, if I know I had like one final day, I'm probably just blowing all the money I have to get on some kind of airplane to get out of here with some friends that I have where I can go eat a ton of food as much as I can. That's that's probably what I'm going to (laughs) do. But for Jesus, we know the answer to this question that we actually find him on his last night on earth in this garden. And the last thing he's doing is praying. Specifically, he's praying for me and he's praying for you. But it's not just the prayer that gets me in this this final prayer. It's the object of his prayer. I mean, this is, uh, he's very few hours left on earth. So this has to be the thing that he cares about the most. So let's enter into this prayer with him in the garden and see what Jesus cares about. And this is in John 17, that was read for us in the beginning. And it says this in verses 20 through 23. Jesus prays, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So Jesus is not just praying for the disciples that are around him in the garden, he's praying for you and me. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Not sure if you caught it, but four times in four verses, Jesus prays for one thing. Unity. And I know unity is a hot button topic right now with so much division and dispute being thrown around, but it seems like there's also an equal loud call for unity. The only issue is everyone seems to have a different opinion of what unity actually is. So, and I don't know if you're anything like me, like I felt in this time so nervous. What do I say? Uh, I don't want to say the wrong thing because if I say this thing, then I'm going to make that group of people mad. And if I say this thing, then I'm going to make that group of people mad. I'm going to lose those friends. It's so confusing. But I want to tell you that Jesus has given us something to not just pray for, but to live for. And so I want you to write this down that if Jesus prayed for it, it's possible. If Jesus prayed for unity, then it is possible. And it is now possible through me and through you. So that's the question today that we're gonna answer. Uh, How can you and I work with the prayer of Jesus to make unity possible? I have three quick things and then y'all are gonna talk about it in your fuse groups uh, with some of your friends, all right? So number one, how do we partner with Jesus to make unity possible? Number one, you gotta identify with Jesus. In verse 21, Jesus prays something very specific that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they be in us. What does this mean? Okay, it means that the prerequisite for any unity is that we be united in a relationship with Christ first and foremost. The Bible is very clear 
that from birth, you and I are born sinful. And the very nature of sin is that it separates. Sin separates every relationship, mother from daughter, father from son, friend to friend, pick a relationship, but ultimately it separates you and I from God. Its goal is disunity. So don't be surprised. We've got to stop being surprised when people who don't know Jesus seem to be disunifying. I'm talking about in the house, we've got to be, re, we've got to be united in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So in order to overcome sin, we have to be joined in someone else's victory and the victory of Jesus Christ and in someone else's ability to unify in his. Unity is first and foremost a matter of relationship. And literally no other relationship will be unified until we are unified in a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you just happen to be tuning in today and you don't have that relationship, I'd love to invite you even now to just text the word Jesus to 30303. Because only when you have that unity can you be unified to anyone else. And when you text that, someone will contact you to talk about how to get unified to Jesus Christ first and foremost. And once we join in that unity with Jesus, not only is unity then a possibility, it's now our responsibility. So number two, and how we partner with Jesus, we've gotta be uh, identified with Jesus and we've got to love like Jesus, okay? When it comes to love, you can never love someone different than their label. You can't. However you labeled someone, you can't love someone different than you labeled them. She's a hater. He's fake. She's ugly. They're dead to me. Whatever it is, you can then not love someone different than you have labeled them. You know the labels that you've placed on people and the labels that they've placed on you. It makes it almost impossible to treat them any differently than the label label you've placed on them. So in order to love like Jesus, we've got to label like Jesus. And you know, he actually has one very specific label for us. And this comes from 1 John chapter 3, verse one. Y'all look at this. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Every student, every leader, every stranger who may be tuning in from anywhere else in the world, I want you to hear me. There is no greater label that anyone can put on you or that you can put on yourself than a child of God, period. This is the greatest label that has ever or will ever be placed on us. And listen, I'm talking about inside the body of Christ. We're gonna talk about outside the body of Christ, uh, outside of the church in a few weeks, but inside the body of Christ, those who are identified with Jesus, there's no label greater than this one. More than any label you see someone else carrying or a label that's been put on you, the greatest is brother or sister. There can, inside the house, Inside this family, there can be no more those people over there. No, that's my brother and that's my sister. They are family united to you by the very blood of Christ. And how many of y'all know you fight in the family more than you fight anywhere else, right? My brothers and me fought more than I fought with anyone else in my life. Of course you do. And in the family of God, we're going to fight. We are going to disagree. I've only disagreed with Caleb White a couple of times, okay? But that's because he's my brother and that's what brothers and sisters do. 
we're gonna hurt each other's feelings, hopefully by accident, because sin is still a thing and I tend to still be selfish sometimes. I know that's crazy. But even when we fight, we still know what families do. They stick around. And I wanna be careful here because I know there's some real family hurt out there, but I just want to encourage you. Inside the family of God, we do not abandon one another. We do not leave. We do not give up. Doesn't mean we have to have the same besties all the time. It doesn't mean that if you have a genuine hurt and offense with someone that you have to have the same level of intimacy that you used to have. But it does mean that no matter what we fought about, it does not outweigh the fact that you are my brother or my sister. Someone's offense cannot hold greater weight with you than their identity as a brother and a sister. And you know what helps with this? Knowing somebody's story. So let's say you had a falling out with your fuse group. Let's say hypothetically, you had a falling out with a couple of fuse groups because that's happened. I don't know the offense. I don't know when, what went on, but I wanna ask you this. At the time of the offense, how much did you know about their story? What was going on with their family? What was going on with them at school? What was some of their pain points that they had? Listen, I know they said some mean stuff or they ignored your text or they left, left you out. Insert the offense. But do you know why? Like for real, what was going on in their life? Because one of my favorite things about Jesus is that he does not preach some kind of like kumbaya, unity, we're always gonna agree. No, that's not what he models and that's not what he teaches. He did model what it looked like to be hard to offend and quick to forgive and to carry one another's burdens. And he invited you and I to do the same. Look at Galatians chapter six, verse two. It says this, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. I remember growing up, uh, I mean, me and my brothers would get into some serious fights. They were like six and eight years older than me. So they pretty much always won. But no matter what we were going through, no matter the fight that we had, if they came to pick me up from school and I was crying, because I had a hard day or someone hurt me or some silly boy broke my heart, then no matter what we had going on, immediately they were ready to stand with me in my pain. Usually go fight the boy, but that's, you know, regardless. But they were ready to stand with me in my pain because the love outweighed the offense. That's what it feels like to carry one another's burdens. When you help carry someone's burdens, then anything that divides us decreases and whatever unites us increases. And Jesus even says that when we do that, it fulfills the very law of Christ. Let's love like that. And I think this should probably lead to some good convos um, at, the end of, at the end of this or this week. But I wanna end with a third point. We gotta identify with Jesus. We gotta love like Jesus. And number three, we got to pray like Jesus. Can I just say this before we wrap up? When Jesus prayed for oneness, he's not praying for uniformity, okay? He's not, loving unity does not mean uniformity. That's gross and that's boring. No, there's a beautiful display of diversity. In this family and unity, we are allowed differences of opinion. 
okay? We are allowed to disagree. You're allowed uh, to have an opinion on who the best football team is. I'm not gonna say a name because I only mildly care. You're allowed an opinion on who the president should be. You're allowed an opinion on how the world should work. As Christians, we are not allowed an opinion on who we love. We are not allowed an opinion on who we love. We are called to love everyone. Because Jesus says that when we do this, when we show love and forgiveness and unity to one another, that's what convinces the world that Jesus Christ is real. Crazy forgiveness, culturally disruptive unity. When your friends aren't forgiving, but yet you forgive. When your friends are so easy to offend and they hold that grudge, but you let that grudge grow in order to pick up the cause of Christ. That's what convinces the world that Jesus is real. And I am believing that your generation could shift everything when it comes to disunity in this nation. I believe that with my whole heart. And one of the main ways we're gonna see that happen is when we pray like Jesus to fight for unity the way that he did. So how did Jesus pray? We, all, we already read one prayer, but look at the same prayer that it records in Luke 22. He says this, Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but yours be done. This is one of the most conflicting, strenuous moments in Jesus' life. So much else that he wants to do. But he says, Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I wanna encourage you to pray like this in these days. So maybe it should sound a little something like this. Bring whatever you have to him, even today, even now. God, they really, they really hurt me. I want to hurt them like they hurt me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Lord, I am so mad at my dad. It seems I can never do enough, be enough. There's no way we could ever be unified in my opinion, but God, not my will yours be done. Maybe your prayer sounds like this. God, I really don't know how to reach out to people that don't look like me. It makes me nervous. I don't feel brave enough. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Hey, maybe even this, God, if I'm being entirely honest, I don't really like people that don't look like me right now. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Will you help me to love like you. He's pleased to meet you in that prayer, whatever it is, because there's no one who wants unity more than Jesus. And if he prayed for it, then he tends to empower us to make it happen on earth as it is in heaven. But hey, don't just take my word for this. Listen, I've got a fuse group. You know who you are and you better be watching this. Let me tell you something. We have fought <laughs> just a little bit. I won't tell you how much or what about. But one thing that I love is that we fight to the point where we can still get to a place where we can hang out. And I know I'm hoping that a lot of your groups are like that, but we've actually got a group here today. My ladies, shout out to the ladies. And how long have y'all been a group? Six months. Six months. Six months, all right. So y'all ain't even got into the good fights yet. So this is gonna be great. This is preparatory work for the fights that are to come, but y'all are gonna work through them. So I would love for y'all, lead us through, you know, how uh, y'all have worked through this, how y'all are preparing to work through this over there in good old 
Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, the first question I have for Belle is, Belle, how do you think that our group has pursued unity in the past? Well, before COVID cases were spiking in South Carolina and in the upstate, um, we were meeting in your apartments and watching Fuse together and just really bonding as a group. And we also just check up on each other all the time. We're making sure we're okay. And even doing Bible studies together. We recently did a Bible study on anxiety and it just really helped all of us with all the fear and craziness that's going on in the world right now. Um, I have a question for Maddie. How do you think our group can better pursue unity in the future? Um, well, even if we're like not like studying the Bible or like worshiping or anything, we can still like do things outside of that and like just help form together, you know, and get closer with God through that. And we can just do like different ways to do that, like as easy as like just having a sleepover at somebody's house, like eating ice cream together, anything. But I think that we could like just go on many trips together and stuff and just have a big journey ahead. For sure. Well, I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna close it up. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for these girls. Um, thank you for the opportunity to gather both physically and virtually. Um, I just pray that we never take that for granted. Um, Father, I thank you for your word that where two or more are gathered in your name, you're here. Um, Jesus, I thank you that you're present in this Fuse group. I thank you that you're present in this church. Um, God, I thank you for your word again that Maddie and Mayor spoke, um, I and them and you and me, and that we become perfectly one. God, that our Fuse group would just pursue unity like never before. Um, God, I pray that this church would pursue unity like never before. Um, I just thank you for your word and for your son, ultimately, and um, for this church and all the opportunity that you've allowed us. In your name we pray, amen. Awesome, awesome. Hey, thank you guys so much. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for being honest. And thank you for being open to share how your guys' group's going. I bless you guys and I hope it continues to be really awesome and life-giving for you guys. Um, so now what I want to do is, one, I want to also honor the band. Thank you guys so much for just pouring your heart out and leading us in worship, um, leading us into gratitude to the Lord. Thank you so much for the way that you guys lead in that. But what I'm going to do now is actually I'm going to challenge you, Fuse Group leaders. Um, I loved what Mayor said of saying that, hey, we are called to love one another. And so now we're going to pass you guys some questions and we want you to talk about it as a group. And hey, let's figure out what kind of, figure out what kind of Fuse Group you want to be, one that's unified. It could be unified around trust honesty, or maybe you just need to let the Holy Spirit tell you what your fuse group needs to be defined by. So we're going to pass it off to you guys. We love you guys. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time.